Christianity will become the minority religion in America, according to a new Pew Research poll. Eminem has the hottest Christian song in America right now. And we talk about the silence as the first Christian nation continues to be attacked. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at a number of stories. One that we want to talk about is a new poll that came out through Pew Research Center that actually shows that Christianity will become the minority position in terms of the religious scale in America. And so when we look at that, we want to go over what the numbers are saying regarding this and also get a place where believers are not being disillusioned by this sort of speech and by this sort of research that is going on. But I want to read right from Pew Research Center, which actually says this. Since the 1990s, large numbers of Americans have left Christianity to join the growing ranks of U.S. adults who describe their religious identity as atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular. This accelerating trend is reshaping the U.S. religious landscape, leading many people to wonder what the future of religion in America might be. Let's start there. You know, I I saw a very funny thing, I think it was a couple of years ago that came out, and it talked about how an atheist and a progressive Christian were talking uh, religion, so to speak, and basically they started to realize they just agree on everything. And that has become the normative position when you actually look at many of the positions of those in the progressive church and so forth. And if you look at the trend, a lot of those who hold to these more liberal doctrines, and we're not talking about conservative and liberal in terms of voting, but liberal in their view of Scripture and how they view the canon, how they view Jesus, how they view the exclusivity of Christ and salvation, and all of these different items. When you look at their views on that, that a lot of those who go from a more conservative understanding of Scripture to a place of liberality when it comes to their view of Scripture— What happens is that trend doesn't typically stop there and they end up being somewhat liberal Christians. A lot of times what takes place is that they go all the way into the disillusionment of, I don't want anything to do with religion whatsoever. Because what takes place is the same thing that took place in my own life before I came to Christ, and that was I had built myself a God. I had built myself an idol in my own image that had my own convictions until eventually that idol is toppled down by any reasonable argument, and then you have to come to the conclusion that idol is false and it's fake. And that's exactly the conclusion that I came to, and then I became an atheist only to then come to Christ after watching They Sold Their Souls to Rock and Roll and realize that the thing that I was worshiping before I came to the one true God was an Americanized version of Christianity that was simply given to me through nominal Christians around me, not the true biblical Christianity. But nonetheless, when we see this trend, and then we see some of the viewpoints that many of people have walking around the streets when you look at, uh, just talk to a high schooler nowadays or talk to somebody at the college level and so forth, and they can't even figure out what gender they are. I don't know your gender. I don't know Candace's. I don't know mine. You don't know my gender? I don't. Do I look like a woman? I don't know what a woman looks like. They can't figure out anything, really, if you have a conversation about them. It's so hard 
to have a conversation or even watch somebody posting their own on their Twitter feed before you realize that they have to be walking on eggshells because of they're so afraid to offend anyone except for the one true God. And this is an interesting trend, but it's one nonetheless. Granted, when we look at this, I don't believe necessarily that that America has really ever been a Christian nation. It was founded by deists. And the truth is, is that when we look at it, and I'm not saying every single person in America that came over here was a deist, but in terms of the founding fathers, in terms of the Masons that signed uh, the Declaration of Independence and so forth, we're not saying we can look at that and be like, oh, this is a Christian document. No, I don't believe so whatsoever, but there were a lot of Christians here and people that really did love Jesus who were here when America was founded, and that's all good and that's all great, but the truth is is that now we are at a place where the secularization of America is very popularized, whether it's through YouTube and Twitter and Snapchat and so forth, or the universities. It seems to be a growing onslaught against the truth of Christianity, but the one that we should be I guess, have our eyes most peered towards are looking at and saying, wow, this is what we need to watch out for, is the growing uh, uneducation of biblical understanding when it comes to inside of the church and being able to actually formulate understandings of who God is through his word. This is something that is mightily lacking when it comes to American Christianity. And so it is no surprise that those who are involved in churches that do not make doctrine a priority, do not make it a priority to understand the Word of God, that they would become disillusioned, especially when sin and the offering of sin is accompanied with that. When people don't have a right understanding of the depths of depravity and a right understanding of what sin truly is according to Scripture and the breaking of God's law and all of that, Then when they go off to school, when they go off to college, when they go off to work and the people around them seem like nice, altruistic people comparative to Hitler and so forth, they're not as bad as I've been told they are at church. And so, and all of these people have been telling them, now then they fall into the sin so easily that entangles them and not only makes them not run the race, but get completely sidelined. And in fact, in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, one of the jobs of believers is that we make sure, brethren, that we have no one with a sinful, unbelieving heart that falls away from living God, that's carried away by the deceitfulness of sin. And I believe this is what's happening with it, the deconstruction movements and those that are in the church and leaving it. It's because they're not understanding the Word of God, they're not understanding these core tenets of the Christian faith that are going to continue in them as they walk in that truth, and they will be disillusioned when they simply appeal to authority and listen to whatever their professor or friend or somebody who's really good looking might tell them. So these things are important that we start to understand this and see that this is one of the reasons this is taking place. It says that it's the sinfulness of man, especially when you read Romans chapter 1, and the suppression of truth and unrighteousness, recognizing people are holding down the truth and covering it up because they don't want to have their deeds exposed, as Jesus said in John chapter 3. So this is important. So I want to read on on this study. It says, what if Christians keep leaving religion at the same rate observed in recent years? What if the pace of religious switching continues to accelerate? 
Pew Research Center has modeled several hypothetical scenarios describing how the U.S. religious landscape might change over the next century. The center estimates that in 2020, about 64% of Americans, including children, were Christian. People who are religiously unaffiliated, sometimes called religious nuns, accounted for 30% of the U.S. population. Adherence to all other religions, including Jews, Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists, total about 6%. Depending on whether religious switching continues at recent rates, speed up, or stops entirely, the projections show that Christians of all ages, shrinking from 64% to between a little more than half at 54%, and just above a third, 35% of all Americans, by 2070. Over that same period, nuns would rise from the current 30% to somewhere between 34 and 52% of the U.S. population. So basically what's this saying is that if we continue down this trend, there's going to be more people that say, I am not a part of any religious system than there are Christians. And once again, I don't want us as believers to get disillusioned by this for a couple of reasons. One, the first thing we should recognize is that I highly doubt that 64% of Americans are Christians. If that was true, then abortion wouldn't be legalized for so long and there wouldn't be people being murdered and, and so forth. I don't believe that at all. If they were truly the salt of the earth, that wouldn't be taking place. The truth is that Jesus was very clear that the road is narrow. Jesus was very clear that he is the only way. And I would argue that if you ask the 64% of Christians if Jesus is the only way to get to heaven, you'd probably have a lot less than 64% saying that to be a reality. But also, not only do we have to recognize that it's probably not true that this many Christians exist in America, and the numbers are probably already much, much lower when it comes to biblical Christians who actually love Jesus Christ and care about his word, we also don't get disillusioned to the fact that Jesus promised he would be with us always, even until the end of the age. Jesus promised in Matthew chapter 16 that he would build the church and the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. We need to recognize those truths alongside the reality that the road is narrow, that there will always be a remnant, that we do not get to a place where we say, well, we're the only Christians around and so forth. Then go find some. I have been all over this country, I've been all over the world, and I have met and had some of the sweetest fellowship with people from different countries, different states, and, and different even denominational you know, backgrounds and so forth. But the one identifiable property is the fact that they love Jesus and they care about his word. They care what God's word says. Find people just like that that truly do love him. And I wanted to point this out because we were going over this with our uh, youth group here at church on the last Bible study we had. And we were talking about an age-old story that took place because Jesus was really clear when it comes to his word. In Matthew chapter 24, 35, he says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. And if you guys didn't know this, in the late 1700s, there was a man by the name of Voltaire. And Voltaire hated Christianity. I mean, really, really hated Christianity. And he boasted about Christianity's end and hopefully that he could help that. And in 1776, at the age of 82, Voltaire brought to a culmination his disdain for the Bible when he published La Bible and Fin Explique. I hope I said that right. I'm not quite sure what he was saying. The Bible fully explained. His purpose in writing this was to make the whole building of Christianity crumble. 
And he said in that writing, the subject is now exhausted. The cause is decided for those who are willing to avail themselves of their reason and their lights, and people will no more read this Bible. Guys, he wrote that in 1776. And would you happen to know it, that Voltaire himself would pass away, and when he would pass away, guess what they would use his own house for? I'm going to read this for you because Reverend William Ackworth of Queen's College in Cambridge was appointed an agent of the British and Foreign Bible Society in 1829, and he actually took a trip. He traveled over 2,000 miles in France on the business of the society. And in 1836, he was taken to Switzerland in August of that year. And this is what he wrote. I went through Geneva and was much refreshed by meeting the committee of the Evangelical Society. With those proceedings and objects, I was so much gratified that I wrote to the society to make a liberal grant of 10,000 copies of the French scriptures to promote the objects of that society. Our committee have only granted 5,000, but I have no doubt they will, ere long, send the other 5,000. Before I left Geneva, my friend observed, quote, Probably you will like to see the house where Voltaire lived and where he wrote his plays. Prompted by the spirit of curiosity, so characteristic of an Englishman to visit the house of the celebrated infidel. I was about to put on my hat to walk into the county when he said, it is not necessary you should put on your hat. And he introduced me over the threshold of one room to another and said, tis the room where Voltaire's play were acted for the amusement to himself and his friend. And what was my gratification in observing that the room had been converted into a sort of repository for Bibles and religious tracts. Oh, my Christ, friends, that the spirit of infidelity had been there to witness the results of other acts of prophesying. Respecting the downfall of Christianity, I know that Voltaire said that he was living in the twilight of Christianity, but blessed be God, it was the twilight of the morning which will bring on the day of universal illumination. So when we look at this, we see, I'm, I do believe that God a lot of times has a great sense of humor And so you have Voltaire thinking, I'm going to write this piece, and eventually it'll all be done away with. There'll be no more Christianity. It'll be gone. I've written all these books against Christianity. I've written against the Bible and so forth. And then they just happen to not only print, but keep Bibles at his own home. And it's funny because not only him, but even the likes of John Lennon was very famous in an interview with the London Evening Standard where he said, Christianity will go. It will vanish and shrink. I needn't argue about that. I know I'm right, and I will be proved right. We're more popular than Jesus now. I don't know which will go first, rock and roll or Christianity. Only to not only have John Lennon be killed by a madman, but also the fact that while there are plenty of people, even young people, who wear Beatles t-shirts and even have it on the back of their phones and so forth, the truth is, is that the majority of the world doesn't even know who John Lennon is, and nor the Beatles. And the truth is, is it's hard to go anywhere on this planet to not find somebody talking about Jesus, even if it is a corrupted version such as Islam or Mormonism or Jehovah's Witness and so forth. The fact is, is that nobody will be more popular than Jesus, and his words will never pass away, and it's laughable for anyone to say otherwise because the truth of the gospel will go forth and then the end will come. 
the gospel that is pre- was preached by Jesus and his apostles will go forth into all the world, and then the end will come. Not Voltaire, not John Lennon, but the gospel of the kingdom. And so when we look at not only that, but then we look at this idea that even non-believers will sing about Jesus. In fact, it's one of the more interesting books. We interviewed Dr. J. Warner Wallace on it. It's called Person of Interest, and he talks about how you can't get away from Jesus. The, the, the amount of music and novels and movies and all of these things, whether they're for or against him, you can't get away from the fact that Jesus not only existed, but that he is primary of concern all over the world. You can't get away from it. Sorry, Voltaire. Sorry, anybody else. And I believe that fact has been proven, not only by that, but even in a recent thing. And I was looking at Relevant Magazine, which I don't typically like to look at, but a lot of times they'll give me something to talk about on 511 News. And the point of this show is so that you guys will see the things in the news, just as I do, and be able to share the gospel through whatever studies are coming out, like the Pew Research Center, or stories that are coming out, such as Eminem, and the fact that Eminem's new song that he's featured on, that song that is a remix from Kanye West's song from his album, Jesus is King, is now number one on Billboard's Hot Christian Song Charts. And I'm going to read right from the article here because... It's kind of sad, but this is Relevant Magazine. It's who they are. It says, Life is long, and you just never know what sorts of twists and turns it will take. For example, if the current you could have gone back to you of 20 years ago and to tell them that the real Slim Shady had a future Christian hit in him, young you might have chalked the whole thing up to a delusion brought on by smoking too many clove cigarettes. But it's 2022, and sure enough, Eminem is on top of Billboard's Hot Christian Songs chart. As you might remember, the song Use This Gospel remix, which M did with Kanye West and DJ Khaled on Khaled's God Did album, when this song released, we noted that it was a track ready for Caleb. But even we did not anticipate that Eminem's debut on the Hot Christian singles would lead to this kind of dominance. I'm sure Relevant Magazine is so excited to be relevant with people who would sing songs like this, but... Even right now, if you went to Eminem's Twitter feed, you wouldn't see Bible verses, but songs that he does with Pink talking about women shaking their booties and using profanities. But this is what it looks like. And I believe these acts are correlated when we actually look at the fact that not only Eminem has been at the top of Christian charts in terms of music, but people like Semler, who is a practicing homosexual that writes about and cusses while talking about the Bible in their music, And people like Kevin Max are really excited to tell you about, whoa, isn't it so awesome that Semler is up there at the top of the charts, even though she's a lesbian, angry, cussing woman. Nonetheless, this is exactly why I believe that it is a true trend that Christianity will become the minority position and that we need to make sure that us, our hearts, do not grow cold when we see this wickedness. And if you're saying, hey, we should be rooting for Eminem, guys, I am 100% on the same boat as you when it comes to rooting for people to repent and put their trust in Christ. That is my goal. I want to see people come to know Jesus ultimately, whether it's Eminem, DJ Khaled, or Kanye West. And DJ Khaled, if you guys didn't know, is a practicing, according to him, not a very good practicing, but is a proud Muslim. And when he says God did, the God that he believes in is the God that he was raised to believe, and that is the Allah of Islam. But he has a more ecumenical approach 
And that's what he's excited to do with Kanye West and Eminem. And even though Eminem goes back and sings and raps about, not sings, he raps about uh, women shaking their booties and cussing up a storm with Pink, who just came out and said those who basically made an entire song, uh, an anthem, that those who come and are for the reality that babies are being murdered in the womb and say that this is murder, that they're basically like the Nazis. Talk about a just upside down world. But nonetheless, this is some of the people that he's doing music with. And so that's why we say, well, let's have some reservations here and say, let's see some fruit and let's see him repent. But I say this all because we're talking about Christian nations. And in history, in 301 AD, the first Christian nation that adopted Christianity as the entire state's religion was none other than Armenia. And for some reason, while our Armenian brothers and sisters get completely attacked by Azerbaijan, a lot of people are just completely silent. We can talk about the Ukraine day after day and watch it on CNN and so forth, but completely silent when it comes to our brothers and sisters in Armenia who have continuously been attacked for years. And if you guys didn't know this, there was an Armenian genocide. I, I, I cannot believe that we don't talk about this more when it comes from the Young Turks, which, by the way, really weird that that disgusting show would name themselves the Young Turk, considering the things that they did to the Armenians. But nonetheless, but Armenia itself, that Hitler, and we look at the Nuremberg trials, we can actually look back and see that Hitler talked about Armenia and the forgetting of their genocide as reason why they can go wipe out Poland. In fact, here's the exact quote. Who, after all, speaks today of the annihilation of the Armenians? Well, you know what? I'm going to speak to it. I have Armenian brothers and sisters in Christ, in fact, one of which we just interviewed not too long ago, and that was Artur Azadorian, who runs a ministry called Apologia Center, and it was actually being run out in Armenia, which is pretty awesome, and he's not too far from us, and he actually posted this video, but I'm going to be posting the portion that Dr. Jacob Persley talks about what's going on in Armenia, and hopefully, I know he's going to talk about writing to senators and so forth, but I, I really want this to be a place just at the front of your minds to be praying for our brothers and sisters who are being attacked, because I do believe this attack is specifically because Muslims are going to attack Christians, and that's what's going on in this attack from Azerbaijan to Armenia. And I want you to hear him, and this will be a nice long explanation. I want you to hear this explanation from Dr. Jacob Persley, who's actually there in Armenia. I live in Yerevan, Armenia. It's September 13th. It's nine in the morning of the year 2022. And I just woke up uh, this morning to find out that the country that I live in here is once again being attacked by Muslim countries from Azerbaijan backed by Turkey. And I just want to say the importance of Armenia. Armenia is kind of like uh, for the United States, I would say this is like the second Israel in the sense that it is a very strategic location. It's located in the very heart of the Muslim world, Turkey to its west, Azerbaijan to its east and to its south, Iran, and to the north, Georgia, and then the northern Caucasus region of Russia. And this happens to be where its location, one of the only kind of really free democratic uh, nations. Um, it is not like that in Azerbaijan. There's a dictatorship there. Turkey is going towards a new Ottoman style, uh, style government under Tayyip Erdogan. And uh, these are majority Muslim countries. 
And here we have this Christian country located in the, the center of this whole thing. And uh, it's a country that first accepted uh, Jesus and Christianity in the year 301 AD. And it has preserved its faith ever since that time. And it's, it's pretty remarkable how God has protected this country through uh, Islamic invasions, uh, Seljuk invasions, uh, under Soviet suppression of Christianity for all these years. And now there are churches, literally, all of these uh, villages, all throughout here, this country of Armenia, there's churches, people that love Jesus, worship Jesus, they read Bibles. I'm saying this for all my friends back in the States that are in, in the churches that know me and pray for me, that, that we literally have churches everywhere. And uh, now they're being attacked once again. And I want you to know that we need prayer. This is a very strategic country for the gospel. And the, the Christians here need prayer. And also, if you know anybody uh, in the government, and again, I asked this last time that we were attacked back on September 27th of 2020 during a 44-day war, I asked that you would write senators, congressmen, and people that you might know to uh, first inform them that there is a country named Armenia that is being attacked by Muslim uh, forces, terrorist forces as well, because they also hired Islamic ISIS terrorists from Syria to come up and attack Armenia to take the heads off Christians. They did that last time. And I asked to, for you to write them, uh, uh, senators and, and, and congressmen, uh, so that they would be aware and that they would do something about that. Again, I'm just saying, same issue again. And one more thing to say about this as well, is I've been following the Azeri news again today and Turkish news, and everything they say to their people is 100% lies. They said, oh, Armenia, you know, I was listening to some commentators. Let me just say what they said. They're like, I, I, I don't, we don't understand. Why is Armenia attacking? Well, like, of course, Armenia is not attacking. It's a tiny country of 3 million people surrounded by 15 million Muslims to the, the east and 90 million Muslims uh, to the uh, west that both want to destroy them. They're not, and they're a, a small developing country with 3 million people. They're not going to be just propagating and attacking and invading uh, any country surrounding them. They cannot do that. Okay, one. So the news commentators were like, well, we just, why would they do that? We just don't understand. And, uh, and because you read, listen to the Ministry of Defense from Azerbaijan, they're like, oh, Armenia has attacked, they're going in and they're attacking our cities and we're just re responding in retaliation. And, and that's just not true at all. I just want to say this is not a complicated issue. This is, again, for my friends in the United States listening, if you're not Armenian, you need to hear this. There is a clear black and white on this one. Uh, again, uh, Satan has stirred up the Azeris and they're stirring up the Turkic peoples again against Armenia because Armenia is a Christian nation. There are so many believers all over this place and uh, they are, people have been coming to faith left and right through the preaching of the word of God in this country. And there's been changed lives all over this country and Satan hates this. And the way he does this is to kill, to steal, and destroy. And he stirs up people against God's people. 
And that's exactly what's happening. Well, brothers and sisters, I, I hope that that gives you a good background about what is going on. And at the very least, you could be praying about our brothers and sisters in Armenia and recognize, man, I really do believe there is some eschatological points that are taking place right there when it comes to Turkey and Azerbaijan and wanting to take that land there. It's very interesting times that we live in. But nonetheless, guys, the most important thing is that you aren't one of these that Pew Research says is going to leave the faith, that you don't become the person in 2 Peter chapter 1 that forgets the purification of their past sins, that goes back to wallowing in the mire after being cleansed. We don't want to be that. We want to be, as it says in Hebrews, those who don't go back, but that we also grab that plow and continue moving forward down the straight and narrow path because when we have Jesus, we have everything. If you have all of this world without Jesus, you have absolutely nothing. So if you don't know Jesus, turn to him right now. And if you do know to know him, turn to him anyways and trust in him because apart from him, you can do nothing. This has been Chad Davidson. This is the 511 News. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.